This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, we are getting closer and closer to the end of this uh, blessed gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, the month of Ramadan. And we have uh, entered, walhamdulillah, wal- into the last 10 days. Uh, and we are, subhanAllah, this is um, one of the, you know, on top of the gift that Allah has given us of Ramadan is He has given us the last 10 days. And this is an opportunity for all of us to be forgiven, inshaAllah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wassalatu wassalam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Now, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, the significance of the last 10 days uh, of, of Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ, when he spoke about the last, you know, he, we were told that that in this, uh, within this period of time, in the last uh, portion, the last ten days of of Ramadan, the last ten nights specifically, there is one night that is greater than a thousand months, خيرون من ألف شهر. And if you calculate the, um, you know, what a thousand months actually equals, you'll find that it's more. Uh, rather, a thousand months is is about eighty three years. So Allah subhanahu wa taala has told us that there is one night that is greater than eighty three point. I think it's something like eighty three point three years. Uh, so what what we're being told actually is that. In this one night, we have the opportunity to receive more reward than a lifetime. Because when you look at the lifetime of a human being, I mean, it, it, it's almost exactly the average lifespan is is almost exactly um, around this this you know this this number. And yet, this one single night is greater than an entire lifetime. This is part of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is that He gives us that opportunity, and we are also told that. Whoever prays on that night and and seeking, you know, sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa taala and seeking His reward, will will have all of their previous sins forgiven. Uh, it's important for us to understand the part of this hadith which mentions the intention being for Allah subhanahu wa taala alone. A lot of times, there is so much ritual associated with what we do in Ramadan. We have large qiyams, uh, which, you know, alhamdulillah, the idea behind it is good to bring people to the masjid, to bring people uh, to, you know, to pray qiyam. But sometimes, you know, it, it can potentially be a little bit more of a social gathering. So it's important to just stay focused and to and to realize why it is that what it, what you really want to get out of it. And so, so this, the, the, um, the, the qiyam itself, standing and praying uh, on Laylatul Qadr, is something that if we do it with the right focus and the right state of mind and heart, it's it's something that can uh, give us back a clean sheet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can, can take that book that has all of our sins written on it and and in exchange for it, give us something uh, that's blank. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having forgiven all of our sins. Uh, and you'll, And, you know, this is actually... Uh, I did a um, a webinar about about the the topic of making the most of of the last ten days, and I spoke about a, a an activity uh, that that we used to do, and it, it's um I think it's it, it kind of just really brings this point home uh, of of being forgiven in these last ten days, and that is um you know the participants are first asked to take a sheet of paper and try to just bring to mind to remember their sins from the last week um and then write them down of course this is you know being done privately and then to try to bring it to mind um our sins from the last uh, two weeks and then the last month uh and then eventually from the last year and just writing them down 
as soon as this, you know, they, they've had some time to write it down, uh, then the the organizers, you know, kind of make, you know, tell tell the other uh, organizers, okay, you can go ahead and collect the, the papers now. And you can imagine at that point what happens. Uh, that's when, you know, the panic sets in because everybody's mortified and they're so, you know, it's, it's extremely scary to think that someone's going to collect it. So people will do different things at that point in their panic, you know, so people start ripping their paper, um, you know, just somehow trying to just get rid of it. Um, and the point of the exercise actually is that, of course, the papers do not get collected, but it was, it's, it's, it's to show, it's to make a point. And that is that we are very, very worried about other people seeing that paper, seeing our sins. Uh, but we, we don't always bring to mind and realize that all of those sins were done in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah saw that, you know, while it was happening. And, uh, you know, sometimes we are unfortunately more worried about what, what people see um, than we are about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees. And that just that we have this shyness, which we should, of course, about our sins in front of people, but we don't have enough shyness about our sins in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who obviously sees all of it. And then beyond that is that you now have an opportunity to have that sheet of paper that's covered uh, with his sins and you know of course it's it's not just one piece of paper but it's a book full of sins and that you have the opportunity uh, in you know in this blessed time to to have that taken away and then handed a clean sheet uh, we know that when we wrong a human being uh, usually even if the person you know you know, they forgive us or, or, you know, they're going to be really gracious and forgive us. It's like, it can't be erased. You know, it can't be forgotten. Uh, whereas with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's different. Allah can completely uh, erase the sin as if it didn't happen. And even beyond that, Allah says he can, tra he can uh, exchange or he can turn those bad deeds into good deeds. So imagine like not just erasing the sin, but actually uh, transforming the sin into good deeds. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what we're, that's what we seek in this month is we, we seek, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his mercy to forgive us. And this is what uh, Aisha radiallahu anha was told by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam when she asked him, if we see, if we know that this is Laylatul Qadr, the night of power, what should we say? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Allahumma innaka afumun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anna. Allah, you are the most oft pardoning. You are the oft pardoning. You love to pardon. So pardon us. Afu. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by this attribute, Allah tells us to ask by this attribute that Allah would, would pardon us and Allah loves to pardon. But one thing that I want to bring up and that is how, what is the, one of the fastest ways to attain that pardon of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you look, subhanAllah, throughout the Qur'an and you look throughout the, the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam and ahadith, you find a, a sort of an overall trend and, and you, you learn a lesson about the forgiveness of Allah and the mercy of Allah. And it's a very powerful lesson. And that lesson is that if we want to be forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to forgive others. And there is this very strong and intimate link between attaining the forgiveness and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and giving that uh, forgiveness and mercy towards the creation. And subhanAllah, because you know, Allah is so merciful to his creation and he's made this, this deal on their behalf, right? Uh, that if you forgive my servants, if you are merciful to my servants, then I will be merciful to you. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's amazing on, on, on every level because on the one hand, Allah is, is so generous uh, that you give him something or you, you pay you know, something finite, a forgiveness, uh, letting something go, uh, not holding a grudge, uh, you know, turning away from a misdeed that was happened that that happened uh, against me, and you and you turn away from it, 
just that act, which is, of course, very, it's, it's a finite act, right? It's limited. Um, and, and because of that, and in exchange for that, Allah is, is giving us something infinite. So some, for something finite, we, 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 we buy, in a sense, something infinite. Uh, and of course, it is not a fair trade. We are giving something so small and Allah is uh, responding by giving us something infinite, which is his forgiveness and his mercy. And Allah says that the one who is not merciful to the creation, uh, th- then then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't be merciful to them. If we want Allah to forgive us, if we want on this, you know, to be to leave Ramadan, to, 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 to enter and then leave these last 10 blessed nights, forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to make the the conscious decision and and, and det- you know be determined that we are going to forgive those who have wronged us. And we will do it inshallah with that intention. Uh, you don't do things, you know, sometimes people say, but they don't deserve to be forgiven or, you know, they, they, but they didn't apologize or they didn't do X, Y, and Z to make them deserving. And to that, I want to ask, do any of us deserve the forgiveness of Allah? Have any of us really, you know, paid for it in full or something like that? Have any of us um, actually done what makes us able to stand up and say, now I deserve to be forgiven and, and now I deserve Jannah? There's no such thing because as we know, uh, even the Prophet Muhammad wasallam said that he does not enter Jannah by his deeds. He enters Jannah by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, this is something that amazed even the, you know, the companions, peace be upon them all. They said, um, you know, they said, even you, O Rasulullah, you know, when he said that we, no one enters Jannah by their deeds, and, he, and they said, even you, O Rasulullah, and he said, yes, even me, except that it, it would be by the mercy of Allah, if Allah is merciful to me. So, so if the Prophet Wasallam doesn't buy Jannah or, or deserve Jannah with his deeds, what are we? Uh, so we have to really realize this. We, we, when, we, when we deal with the creation, we have to deal with the creation in a way that we want the creator to deal with us. And that's, I think, a very important uh, take-home message. You know, again, I hope that w- every time we begin a conversation, that there's at least some take-home messages. And, and if there's any take-home message uh, in this conversation, I hope it is that, uh, that, that deal with people and treat people in the way that you want Allah to treat you on the Day of Judgment. And I think when we, when we start to do that, uh, then you'll find that a lot of the problems that we have socially and in our communities would, would disappear. That if we, instead of, um, you know, if you imagine... Uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to treat us in the way that we treat others, that would be very scary. You know, if somebody wrongs us and we hold on to it and we refuse to let it go, uh, even sometimes when they apologize, uh, and then and then we think that, you know, well, what, what would happen to us if, if Allah held us accountable for even just one uh, of our sins? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not merciful to us and overlooked, Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbu al-afwa fa'afu anna. How do we, you know, look at Allah, how do we face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask him for his afu, ask him for his pardon at the same, and at the same time refuse to pardon others? It, it's, 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 it's not sincere. How can we? How can we even do that? We have to be, um, you know, realize that there isn't. You know, we we can't have this double standard that we want Allah to treat us in a certain way, and yet we treat others in a very very different way. We ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He would treat us uh, with mercy and pardon. And if we really want that, we need to treat others with mercy and pardon. Uh, so, inshallah, I'm going to take a short break. And when we return, I'm, I'm going to be uh, opening up the lines uh, for the first time. Uh, and uh, the number is 714-988-8182. Again, the number is 714-988-8182. Inshallah, when we return, uh, we will be opening the lines for you to call in. Ghuraba, ghuraba, ghuraba. Oh, uh-huh. 
Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, we are discussing today how to make the most of the last 10 nights of Ramadan. And we uh, are opening up the lines for you to call in live. The number again is 714-988-8182. Uh, you can go ahead and call, um, you know, share with us a couple of things. You can call, uh, share with us, you know, maybe some advice uh, or, or something that you're doing uh, in these last 10 nights that are that have been very beneficial and something maybe you can share. Um, or or, you know, if you have a question about something maybe you are struggling with and, and what was the and you know, what's the best way of dealing with it. We we have talked uh, you know, until now about this 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 different angle at seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And it's a, I think it's an angle that a lot of times has been forgotten in the past. Uh in, in and how we are treating other people. Allah has linked the two. The the mercy that we show to the creation and the mercy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows to us. If we hold everyone accountable um, and refuse to let go for every every wrong that they have done, then we should expect that that we will be treated the same way on the Day of Judgment. And if we are treated that way on the Day of Judgment, then we would be destroyed. Because if we are actually held accountable for what we've done, uh, we would not be able to enter Jannah. As we are told by the Prophet ﷺ, we are in need of the mercy of Allah if we want to enter Jannah. But we have to be willing to give that mercy to others. Uh, so inshallah, if you if you want to, um, you can write your questions in the chat box. You can also call in um, as we're waiting for for calls to come in. Um, I, I, I'll I'll share inshallah a couple more, uh, you know, ayats about the importance of of forgiveness when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala describes. Uh, the 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 those who have taqwa or the muhsinin uh, those who who are um, who act with ihsan and ihsan as we know is the highest level of iman the muhsinin are those you know you have the muslimin the muslims and then you have the mu'minin the believers which is a higher level than just a muslim and then at the very uh, highest level is a muhsin the one who now, now we're not just talking about islam uh, or iman, but we're talking about ihsan, the most beautiful way of, of doing anything, the most beautiful faith, the most beautiful manners, the most beautiful, uh, trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just, it, it's, it's this, um, be- be- beautification of the way in which we are and the way in which we believe. And the muhsin, uh, one of the descriptions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us are those people who forgive. Um, and Allah, when He says, أبعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وسارعوا إلى مغفرة من ربكم وجنات عرضها السماوات والأرض أعدت للمتقين الذين ينفقون في الصراء والضراء والكاذمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس um, Allah is describing those people first he tells us to race towards the the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and the Jannah, which it, it's expanse, its width is like the heavens and the earth. It's been saved for the muttaqin, those who have taqwa, the righteous ones. The next ayah goes on to describe them, those who spend in difficulty and in ease. When you have, you know, when you have the means to set, to spend, when you have the money, when you have the time, you spend. But even when you when you don't as well, when it's difficult to find the time, when it's difficult to find the money, and you also spend um, at that time. Those who suppress their anger. Those who pardon others. And you'll notice in this ayah, this word, the same word that we're calling Allah using. Uh, it's that same word we call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. Um, that word, pardon, uh, pardoning. Um, that The ones who pardon people. And, you know, subhanAllah, this is exactly the, the, the attribute. Uh, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, the source and perfection of that attribute. But it's that same, um, that same concept that we are told to call Allah with, uh, on, you know, Laylatul Qadr. This was the advice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
that if you if you know it's Laylatul Qadr, you ask Allahumma inna, you say Allahumma inna ka'afuun, tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anna. And, and this is the same attribute, uh, of course, at a human level that we are told uh, is a characteristic of those people who will, who will be, who are the muttaqeen, who are the, the righteous. Someone asks the question, when we forgive someone, do we have to be friends with them too? I mean, someone really wronged me and now they want to invite me to their house. Is it wrong if I decline? Um, and of course, there is, um, it's not a black and white issue in terms of, of what, how is it that we then have to interact once we've forgiven. But, but let's just begin uh, at the start. And that is that forgiveness is an act of the heart. Forgiveness is something inside of you that you are no longer holding on to anger or rage or um, grudges inside. So to forgive, first and foremost, it's a letting go internally of your anger, uh, letting go internally of the need to hold that person accountable, letting go internally of the need uh, to, to seek justice or revenge or whatever it is that, that you're holding on to. And in that letting go, you're actually not liberating that person. You're liberating your own self. You are the one who ends up being imprisoned by your anger. Um, you know, there's a saying that you are not punished for your anger. You are punished by your anger. Anger in and of itself is a punishment for the one who harbors it. It's, it's like a, it's a prison uh, for the one who, who holds on to it. And, and, and so when you're holding on to anger, you're really imprisoning your own self. And ironically, you're giving that person, um, too much power over you, uh, because you're, you, the more that you hold on to anger, you are actually, um, sort of enslaving yourself to that person that you're angry at. And that person has the control over you to actually occupy your mind, to occupy your thoughts, um, for someone, for you to give someone the, the power or the, um, to, the, the power to occupy your thoughts during your prayers. I mean, that's just, that's too much. You know, that's, you're, you're, you're losing something priceless for the sake of this person, which you're actually very angry at. It's, 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 it's actually, you yourself are, are, you're harming yourself and you're giving that person too much uh, too, you know, too much power over you. So letting go inside, that is the key. And then uh, once you let go inside, the behavior follows more easily. Right now, when you're holding on still to that anger, um, or you are, um, you know, you're not able to let go, it becomes a lot harder uh, to even imagine how you would act. But I I'll tell you that once you let go inside, it becomes a lot easier uh, to in your behavior um, outside and how you act with that person. But but just to, to kind of quickly answer, um, it doesn't mean that that person has to be your best friend. It just means that you still keep ties. You don't completely cut them off, at least. We know that we're not supposed to ever cut off our families completely. And even our, um, you know, our own brother and sister in Islam, we're you know, not supposed to go more than three days, you know, cutting off or not speaking in the sense of because you're angry. So keeping the ties, it doesn't mean that you have to be the best of friends, but ultimately letting go inside, it will bring about um, ease in your relationship outside, inshallah. We have Aisha online right now. Uh, Aisha, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. How are you? Alhamdulillah. How are you doing? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Um, I have actually two questions. Is that okay? Sure. Yes, go ahead. You are our first um, caller, okay. so you're special. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, uh, first question is, um, is there a different way to um, ask for forgiveness for known sins rather than unknown sins? I mean, um, for uh, speaking in regards to latest of other, I mean, we have that, um, what we're supposed to say, um, we have that, but is there anything else that we should be say, uh, we should say for known sins? Um, and uh, second question is, um, how do we attain that level of focus and, you know, tune in to that level of grief that we should have about our sins when we're asking for forgiveness? 
Okay, beautiful questions. First, uh, is there so the general dua that we're told, "Allahumma inna kaafuun tuhibu lafufafu anna." That's yes. That as you as you mentioned, this is sort of a general uh, dua that we should all say. However, it is actually uh, necessary and, and extremely important to also seek forgiveness for the known sins, as you said, those specific sins that you know about and you you know you you've committed those sins. And this is the process of tawbah. Uh, you know, scholars say that the, the the for for a repentance to be accepted by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, there are certain characteristics or certain requirements, um, if you will, in order for that to be a sincere repentance. And one of them is that you do have that sense of remorse, that you have that sense of uh, that you actually really regret and you feel pain about doing the sin. Uh, you you can't. Even with a human being, you know, when you're apologizing to a human being and you have absolutely no remorse, that human being is much less likely to forgive you if you have no remorse and you're just kind of um, just it's just lip service. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm really sorry. It's it's you know, it's not very, very um, convincing even for a human being. And so with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to have that remorse in inside of ourselves. Istighfar, asking for forgiveness is not an act of the tongue. As you know, it's an act of the heart. So feeling that sense of remorse, uh, and then stopping the sin, Uh, you know, we, we we're asking for forgiveness for a specific known sin, we need to to stop doing the sin. And then uh, finally, uh, intending sincerely not to return to that sin, uh, that does not mean that if we end up, you know, falling into that sin, that that necessarily means that, uh, you know, it didn't count. But rather, Allah knows the heart, and what was our, what was really our intention? Are we saying astaghfirullah, uh, astaghfirullah? You know, kind of going to confession and planning on doing it again next next week? Allah knows. So it, making really the sincere intention, and um, I think your, the second part of your question was about that remorse, correct? Correct. Yes. Correct, yeah. uh, bringing about that remorse. Um, I think, you know, one one exercise uh, is, is similar to what I spoke about at the beginning of the show. And if you imagine writing down that sin that you're um, or, or that group of sins that you need to seek forgiveness for, if you imagine writing it down uh, somewhere and then it getting published in the newspaper or something um, with your name on it uh, or, or being put on Facebook, um, you know, in public forum um, and everybody's seeing it or even a, a picture, uh, you know, of, of you engaging in in the sin and for everybody to see and you think about how that would make you feel and I think that that's one way to, to very uh, you know across the board I think it would it, it, it brings about this feeling of shame it brings about this feeling of, of embarrassment at the idea of, of people seeing the sin so I think that's the first step if, if we're having trouble sort of feeling that shame or feeling that remorse imagine what you would feel if it was publicized to the to the creation if it was publicized to the world and then realizing that it is publicized to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah sees it and that same shame that we have should actually be more um, but i think that that's a very practical way to to bring about that feeling of of embarrassment uh because we think you know what would happen if if the people saw uh, you know, and just 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 thinking about it in that way. Another way to to bring about, I think, the the, the sense of remorse is think about what happens if um, you know with a human being. Okay, so we'll use that example: a human being who your entire life they supported you financially, uh, they gave you, they took care of you, they protected you. Um, this person maybe took you in when you were on the street suppose uh, there you know you were you were homeless you you didn't have a family and this person took you into their home um, you know took care of you spent money on you protected you uh, and then one day you come and you um, you know you burn down their house or or you vandalize their car and 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 just thinking about you know even if you had no remorse over uh burning down this person's house uh just bringing to mind all that this person did for you uh that that when you were out on the street they took you in no one else would would take you in and and they fed you and they protected you and they took care of you and i think that there's when you bring to mind all that someone has done to you and then you think about the wrong you've done to them you can't help but feel it's this sense of of guilt and remorse as you know just just as a heart that's a, that's awake will feel that that but 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 if i don't realize all that this person did to me uh then it would be a lot harder to bring you know it might be harder to bring 
bring, you know, that, that feeling of remorse. But when I remember that this person did all this for me, you feel no matter who you are, you're going to feel a sense of shame. And so, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the above any analogy. And Allah is the one who took us in when we were destitute, you know, when we had nothing. Uh, we, we, you know, there's this beautiful hadith that says that all of you are, are, are hungry except who Allah feeds. And all of you are thirsty except who Allah gives drink. And all of you are naked except those who Allah clothes. We have nothing except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And we would all be, uh, you know, destitute on the street if it had not been for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his, and his mercy on us. And, and, and the greatest gift that Allah has given us is the gift of Islam. Just think about where we would be if we did not have that gift and just bring about that that sense of gratitude. Uh, when you look at all that Allah has given us and then we look at what we, you know, Allah sends down blessings, we send up sins. And, you know, when we look at that transaction that we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can't help but feel a great deep sense of shame. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. That that actually helps a lot. I I've been uh, writing down everything you've just said. Um, thank you so much. That really helps, especially in Ramadan when I know I can work on myself a lot better than I can, I could any other time. So thank you yeah. very, so much. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, you know, subhanAllah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm so glad that that question was asked. I think it's something that we, we oftentimes, we talk a lot about tawbah and seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. Uh, but too much of it is, it's, again, it's a ritual. Uh, we, we, maybe we say astaghfirullah a, a certain number of times, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But subhanAllah, you know, um, Tawbah and istighfar really is is not an act of your tongue. It's an act of the heart. The heart needs to look, uh, look at the two things. Look at what Allah has given you, and look at what um, what we give Allah. And it's it's embarrassing. It's 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 very it's 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 you you can't help but feel um, very embarrassed by the by what we provide, what we give Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in exchange for all that He gives us. Um, so inshallah, I hope that 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 that's beneficial. And um, I, you know, again, uh, please do call in. Uh, we have opened the lines. Uh, the number again is 714-988-8182. That number again is 714-988-8182. We will go ahead and take another short break and we will continue to open the lines when we return. Ghuraba, ghuraba, ghuraba. Assalamu alaikum. This is Yasmin Mujahid, and you're listening to Serenity, streaming live on One Legacy Radio. Uh, alhamdulillah, we have opened our lines today, and we are discussing how to make the most of the last 10 nights of Ramadan and how to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. And one of the ways uh, that we that we are sharing is, is that we forgive others. Uh, one of the fastest ways to, to attain the forgiveness of the Creator is to forgive the creation. And one of the fastest ways to attain the mercy of the Creator is to be merciful to the creation. And, um, you know, we have uh, some questions here uh, at the chat box, and we also have our lines open. Our number is 714-988-8182. Someone asks, what if someone wrongs you and you forgive that person? After a while, that person gives a gift, but you decline and refuse to accept. Is that wrong? And I would actually say, yes, it is wrong to refuse the gift. Uh, for a number of reasons. One, uh, if you really did forgive, you wouldn't be refusing the gift um, uh, unless there's some other reason um, that we don't know about that you need to refuse the gift. But if it's just simply because, um, you know, you just don't want to take a gift from this person, that's an indication that you haven't really forgiven um, and you haven't really let go. 
And so it's important that we look at that as an indicator of whether we really have forgiven. Um, and, and secondly, it's an Islamic principle, uh, actually, not to refuse gifts. It's an Islamic principle. For example, when you're invited for dinner or for a wedding or um, or or something of that sort, you one of the rights that a believer has upon you is that you accept and that you go if if it's at all possible. Refusing gifts breaks relationships. Uh, refusing invitations breaks relationships. And this so this is one of the things we're taught in our deen. Um, as part of the mu'amala, the, the the manners of how to treat each other and the rights that a brother has, a sister has upon another in Islam is that you accept these invitations and you accept these gifts. It, it brings together the hearts. And, and so I, I would say, yes, um, you should accept the gift. Uh, and and it's, it's, it, it is also perhaps an indication that you haven't really forgiven. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy on all of us to truly let go of those grudges and to be like the, that man who the Prophet Sallallahu described as one of the people of Jannah. And it was one simple thing that he was doing is that he was cleaning his heart every night before he slept from any grudges uh, that he had against another believer. Alhamdulillah, we have um, Marouche on the line. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you, Sister Yasmin? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, for the amazing show. And I'm really inspired by your talk. And I just want to say, I want to share a thought, like uh, Ramadan is going to end. And for the first time, I'm feeling like uh, something we are going to miss. Uh, we are like trying to purify our souls, trying to do good deeds, and uh, slowly, bit by bit, uh, we are reaching that zenith. Like our sins, I, we can hope that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will forgive our sins, but it's only because of Allah's mercy that we uh, stand in prayer, man in qiyam. It is mercy, and uh, I just want to ask: How can we continue? Like, how can we uh, be in that state? Okay, very good question. Uh, this this is uh, a couple things that this question brings up. How do we continue this momentum and this state, you asked? One thing to keep in mind um, that's very important to realize is that no state is constant, um, completely constant. So one thing that makes us uh, oftentimes fall into despair and to give up, perhaps, is that we want uh, our state to be constant. And it's something that isn't a characteristic of this life. Um, so our state will always be slightly changing up and down. This is something that the Prophet ﷺ even told to Abu Bakr that had had their state remained constant, had their state been the same when they are in his presence versus when they are in their family's presence, then the angels would have shook hands with them in the streets uh, in, in one hadith. So this hadith is telling us that if we were constantly at this peak of, of Iman and this peak state, then we would be angels. We wouldn't be, you know, human beings. Uh, so so that's one thing really to keep in mind and to not set ourselves up for uh, despair and disappointment. Um, because sometimes when we have unrealistic expectations, uh, we are more likely to give up once those expectations are not met. So that's one thing to keep in mind that, um, you know, inshallah, we will be, and it's, and it's even possible to get to get to a higher state. One isn't saying that this is the best you're ever going to be and it's all downhill from here. That, that, that's not the, 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 the point. We can always improve, inshallah, but it's just important to realize that, that constancy is not a characteristic of this life. Uh, this life is constantly changing, in fact, and it's only Allah that's constant. Uh, so we will go up and down, but not to lose hope if we go down, and inshallah we can also go up. However, um, some things that we can do in order to maintain as much as we can of this, of this heightened state of nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is, look at the actions that we're doing in Ramadan. Uh, there are there are a number of 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 ibadat of acts of worship that are consistent, and this is key. The key word uh, in this whole statement is consistency. So, if you were looking at this sentence, and you know, in front of you, you would put you know, like underline this sent this word. You would put it in bold, maybe in caps. Consistent. We are consistently waking up in the last third of the night. We are consistently. Yeah fasting. We are consistently reading Quran and reflecting on it. We are consistently praying extra prayers. We are consistently asking for forgiveness. You see the things that we're doing every single day? Consistently. Exactly, yeah. uh, yes, and so it is no wonder um, that there's that heightened state. 
and for me, uh, like for a person like me, I can never, even if I try so hard to get up for the PM, yeah. the normal days, it's not possible. But mm. during these last 10 nights, subhanAllah, I can thank Allah subhanAllah how he enables one to get up for the yeah. yes alhamdulillah and 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 the same one who can enable you in ramadan can enable you outside of ramadan so the the key here is to put your hope in allah and and to strive for that um and and to ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is something we don't do enough of by the way we rely too much on our own selves in our ibadah um we think that you know the the worship is is because it's for Allah, we, we it doesn't cross our mind that we should be asking Allah to help us. It's kind of like um, when you're giving someone, uh, you know, you're doing something for someone. Uh, suppose you think you're doing someone a favor, right? Um, human relationship. Yeah. You're, you think you're doing someone a favor. Um, you're not going to ask them to help you with the favor you're doing for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like it's not something we think about. But this is the wrong concept of how our ibadah is with Allah. First of all, our ibadah to Allah is not a favor on Allah. It's not a gift to Allah. It's the other way around. It's a favor on us. It's a, it's a gift for us. And so we ask actually Allah to help us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the ability to worship Him. Because it's, it's a gift for me. It's my gift. It's for me. It's not for Him in the sense that He is not benefiting from it. I'm benefiting from it. So asking Allah, you know, in Surah Al-Fatiha, which we say at least 17 times a day, The two go together, that you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek help from. We cannot worship Allah without the help of Allah. So seeking the help of Allah is key. Um, that if you want to wake up for Fajr, or I mean for Qiyam, you want to be consistent in these things, ask Allah to make it easy for you the same way He's made it easy for you in this month, inshallah. So Alhamdulillah we have we have questions coming in. You can go ahead and, and call. The lines are open. Uh, the number is seven one four nine eight 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 one eight two. we have some questions also in the chat box. And uh, one of the questions says uh, Okay. Um, Sister Yasmin, I had a question. What if you are the one asking for forgiveness from a person, but they don't forgive you? And what they and what they do, they don't forget what you did and not give you a chance. Um, uh, not give you a chance to show them you are trustworthy. How do you show someone you are trustworthy and you won't do anything? So when you are the one who's wronged someone else, um, you know, and how do you seek that forgiveness? It is upon us to do everything in our power to try to, to rectify the wrongs that we've done to people. And sometimes that's possible and sometimes it isn't. But Allah sees your sincerity and Allah sees your efforts. And you try, you first, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you for what you did wrong. You ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive the person who you have wronged. And then you ask the person to forgive you. Sometimes it may not be possible to directly ask the person to forgive you. For example, um, asking the person to forgive you may create more problems than um, not doing so, uh, depending on the situation. You know, in those cases, you do everything in your power to ask Allah to forgive that person and to also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you. Uh, but if you are able to, to ask that person's forgiveness, you do it with, with all sincerity. Now, one principle in Islam, again, that we need to understand and we need to unlearn this concept of, of attachment to results. Uh, one, one principle in Islam is that we are, we are going to be held accountable for doing our part as much as possible. Uh, we, we can't have control over the results because the results are not in our hands necessarily. Um, for example, I, you know, you get this question, uh, children who are very concerned about their parents not being pleased with them. But if the child has done everything in their power and is, is keeping the, you know, you know, sometimes a child might do everything that they can, you know, they're, they're not wronging their parents in any way. They're, they're trying to be the best, um, you know, very respectful and very, and doing everything that would be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but, but the parent is still not pleased. And, and so they feel, oh, well, how will I ever, you know, 
succeed, you know, or how will I be, you know, pleasing to Allah if I can't please my parents? And sometimes it's just, if you've done everything in your power, sometimes the result is not in your hands. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to forgive us and to, and to forgive that person. Um, but, but, but you just have to be truthful with Allah that you have done everything that you can and, and you have, um, sincerely really uh, tried, uh, whatever you can to seek that person's forgiveness. Um, if someone is still in the process of wronging you, though they said they are sorry, am I to forgive this person though I don't believe in their apology and see them continue the sin against me? Uh, you know, there's there's a difference between forgiving someone and continuing to put yourself in a situation where you will be harmed or wronged. Um, forgiveness doesn't mean being passive or allowing someone to abuse you. This is very important. It's um, Islamically, you know, you, you're supposed to be uh, keeping, protecting your own self from being wronged, protecting yourself from injustice or from harm or from abuse. You can still forgive and at the same time keep yourself and protect yourself from, from further abuse or further uh, harm. The two are not um, mutually, you know, that th they don't have to go together, uh, that forgiveness means I continue to let you harm me. Rather, uh, th those two are not connected. Uh, so what you do on the one hand is you protect yourself and, and your family and those around you from being harmed. Uh, and on the other hand, you can still forgive. Again, forgiveness is an act of the heart. It's internal. You forgive the person, but that does not mean that you allow the person to continue to wrong you. Uh, so if somebody is in the process of continuing to wrong you that's not something you should put yourself in a situation to you know to continue to be wronged however you remove yourself from that situation you protect yourself and your family uh but you you can still forgive uh forgiveness is is letting go internally of the grudge and of the anger um so we are getting questions uh, in the chat chat box uh let's see Someone has wronged me over and over again. I'm scared. If I forgive, I will be hurt again by this person. What do I do with this situation? It seems to me that, that again, there's this uh, misunderstanding of what forgiving means. I forgive inside of me. Does that mean, for example, I had a relationship with someone and this person is hurting me? Does forgiveness mean that I have to keep having that relationship with that person? No, that's not what forgiveness necessarily means. Um, I could forgive a person and still um, remove myself from the situation. The two, again, are not uh, necessarily connected. I can remove myself from a situation uh, of abuse or of harm and at the same time forgive. Forgiveness does not mean, and I want to just emphasize this point, forgiveness does not mean that I have to continue to put myself in the situation in which I am being harmed. Uh, this, this is not the definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness means that I'm not going to hold this person. Maybe um, I'm not going to punish the person for it. I may let it go. I may forget. I may um, you know turn away from it. Uh, I let go internally of the grudge and the anger, but I will not continue to put myself in a situation where I will be harmed again or I will be wronged again. Uh, please understand the two are not connected and and they're two separate issues Islamically. Again, you know, the Prophet ﷺ said, when you see something wrong, you have to try to, you should try to change it with your hand. And if you cannot, then you try to speak out against it. You try to change it with your tongue. And if you cannot, then hate it in your heart. And this is the weakest of iman, the weakest of faith. As believers, we are supposed to be standing up for what's right and never just accepting uh, oppression or accepting abuse, whether it's happening to those around us, whether it's happening overseas in Syria or Burma or anywhere or whether it's happening to me to, to under my roof in my house or to my children or or to my family or those near to me so it's it's extremely important that we do not misunderstand these concepts of sub patience and the concepts of forgiveness um, and as as being uh, passive to abuse or, or or continuing to put ourselves in situations where we will be harmed or wronged uh, or those around us will be harmed and wronged so I hope inshallah that, that that's clear that's clear uh, that forgiveness does not mean that that you put yourself in that situation again uh, but it does mean letting go of the anger uh, Salam Sister Yasmin, Ramadan greetings from South America. 
I have just discovered your lectures and writings this Ramadan, and it's contributing to me having a more meaningful Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for your work. Um, alhamdulillah, may Allah bless all of your Ramadans, and, and um, inshallah, please keep me and my family in your du'as. Uh, I don't know uh, if, if, if you have, um, I did mention this last, last week, but alhamdulillah, um, my book was just uh, launched uh, this weekend. Alhamdulillah, it's, it is available on my website. Uh, it's called Reclaim Your Heart, and it's available at yasminmujahid.com. That's Y-A-S-M-I-N-M-O-G-A-H-E-D.com. And this is a book uh, I hope, inshallah, will be uh, something beneficial uh, in terms of really just freeing the heart from all of these types of, uh, including, you know, subhanAllah, the, the topic we're talking about today, freeing the heart of the anger, uh, freeing the heart of of the resentment and, and uh, holding on to, uh, you know, any any time we go through a hardship or we lose something, it, being able to not be enslaved to to those things and to those people who have who have hurt us, uh, this is a big part of of freeing ourselves. Inshallah. Uh, so, Inshallah, I'm going to take one last question, uh, and <laughs> uh, there's a, there's an interesting discussion in the chat box. Okay. Um, so someone asks, what if they deleted you off Facebook as friends and in real life it's awkward? I don't exactly, I don't know exactly what I did wrong and I don't know how to that and I don't want to judge that I can't help but judge that she might not like me. Um, again, you know, you do your part. If you don't, if you don't know that you've done something wrong uh, and someone is, you know, randomly seeming to, to cut you off, the important thing is that you just continue to do your part and continue to treat the person well. Uh, if you if it, if you find out you know what it is that that that's hurting the person or something that you apologize and you know again keep in mind that every action that we do uh, ultimately it's not a transaction with the person it's a transaction with Allah and the way in which we treat people what we need to do is see Allah in the way we treat people. You see Allah in people. Uh, this is the way to to treat people with, with ihsan, in the most beautiful manner. Is We see Allah and we see, okay, how would I want Allah to treat me in this situation? Or how would I want Allah to treat me on the day of judgment? That's how I'm going to treat this person. And, um, you know, how, and, and, and just again, any, any goodness that you show to that person, realize it's not for the sake of that person. It's, it's not because you need that person as your friend or not, but it's just, it's for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake. And that's the way to really, um, you know, have reached that level of ihsan. Everything, you know, that you do is knowing that Allah is watching you. And this is actually the definition that the Prophet ﷺ gave us for Ihsan. It's worshipping Allah as if you can see Him. And, and, and so treating people as if you can see Allah in that situation. And if you can't see him, know that he sees you.